David Mullins. And this is Jeff Newton. And it's been a while since we've done this. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's just been a, you know, it's been kind of a weird time. In what way? In what way? Yeah. What way has it been weird? It's just been weird because I've had way too much time on my hands and just have had too much time to get this done. Yeah. (laughs) On the other hand, Dave's a really busy, Uh, high steeple kind of pastor sort of thing, and he's been... Actually, we... We were doing the thing online, and it's a little bit harder to do it online. Uh, I, I came down today for lunch, and so we thought we'd go ahead and try to get a podcast out. Uh, we would like to do this uh, more often. And this is live today. Versus the way we usually do it. <laughs> well, we usually don't see each other. Oh, I see what you're saying. Usually, we're together. We usually, you know, when you're doing those those uh, podcasts online, we don't get to interact with our hands like we saw the video thing we saw a few years ago. You know, oh, yeah. use your hands. You get to see the expressions, and I can't tell when David's mad because he's not. I can't see his face. And I'm always mad. He, he's always mad, but he always sounds calm. That's it. That's it. He's just an angry guy. Away. Yeah, I can always tell. I have angry eyebrows. <clears throat> so uh, we we got together today. We said we want to do a podcast, and uh, at some point, and maybe we'll start out. Now, uh, we're going to look at a book called Missional Church. It's uh, The subtitle is A Vision for the Sending of the Church in North America. And it's edited by uh, Daryl L. Is that Gooder? Gooder. Gooder. That's Gooder. G-U-D-E-R. Because that book is gooder than the other ones. Yeah, it's gooder than the other <laughs> ones. And, and I love this book. Uh, it, it was written in 1998, so it's like eight years old. And I've just been amazed and I haven't heard anything about it or read anything about it up until it's still fresh it's still fresh it's not like it's retread you know to retread or anything like that yeah it's very very fresh and it has to do with uh, a subject that I think as if any of you listeners are Methodist that the Methodist church probably needs to look a little bit closer at and that's the missional church exactly and and Jeff I know you've read this book and I've read this book right Uh, do you have like a definition of what the missional church is versus uh Maybe a, a traditional church, mainline church, or even maybe an emergent church. Well, I think a, I think a, a traditional church is is all about attracting folks to it. You know, you you try to put your best foot forward. You try to serve. You try to bring people in, and the idea is to get people in. For what church was that? Traditional. Traditional. Yeah, more of a traditional church. You have programs. You have great worship services. You you know you try to attract. So it's kind of like a light trying to attract a bug. Okay. And the other... A moth? A moth, yeah. And if you get in there, you... Let your light shine before men so that you glorify your Father who is in heaven. Yeah. You can say that. that. So so there's a biblical precedent for maybe having programs. Programs and doing all that. And that's all good stuff. Uh, I mean, it's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think a missional church thinks of itself a little differently. It thinks of itself as being sent out. And so you're sent out into the world to... Um, bring God's kingdom wherever you find yourself. So it's not just it's not just about uh, building a church or a group of people, but it's about building the church, which we're all the church. So it's about building the church in order for them to be sent out, so that God's kingdom can be spread larger, or greater, or more be more effective. I, I do have, <clears throat> I think, issues with the traditional church, and basically we're talking about the church for what the past thirty years, probably longer than that, maybe even longer than that. Probably 100. Well, and I guess the problem I have is, is the fact that at least the past 20 or 30 years, our culture has become increasingly consumer-oriented. And I think that has 
kind of happen with the church too. So I've become very consumer oriented. Uh, I've even talked with people uh, that have come into church, and you talk to them, they say, "Well, we're just church shopping." shopping. Yeah, church shopping because that is very biblical. I know Jesus used to go around church shopping. Right. He he uh, he would go and check out the synagogue if he liked it. He might come back the next week. Yeah, and teach maybe. Maybe uh, teach. Become a maybe part teach. Of it. And, but uh, that whole mindset—it's—it it seems like you know the church is there not so much to let their light shine, but to make me feel happy, comfortable, enjoyed, uh, or, or give me some sort of enjoyment. And I think the biggest uh, thing in our culture right now is just entertainment. How, how many TV stations do you have on your on your system? Um, we have a lot. A lot. <laughs> I don't even know. We were watching three hundred something last night. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> see, and and you know our culture, I, I think the driving force is entertainment. And so when you have a program based church and you're trying to attract people to that church, you have. I'm not saying you have to entertain them, but you have to have something that's going to hold their attention. You have to have something that's going to bring them back. You have to have something that's quality that's they're gonna they're gonna want to come back to, and that's the way the traditional church. Has to, I mean that's the almost how they have to operate because because um, they also have a problem in needing finances and, yeah. and resources. They need resources, not just financial resources. They need people resources to staff the programs. They need financial resources to pay the staff and to keep the buildings going. And so there's a lot of resources that are being need, needed. And so you to have more resources, you need more people, and to have more people, you need to have more enticements to come and so it becomes a vicious circle right and uh it seems to me that you know the mega churches have done a wonderful job uh now i'm not part of a mega church and so i just wonder how difficult it is for them on a week-to-week basis to be able to provide because they they look at their worship service i believe kind of as as a production yes they do and i wonder how much energy and time and money and everything it takes for them to kind of keep the, the masses, uh, you know, kind of coming and wanting to be a part of that. And I wonder what percentage of those folks just kind of come and sit and kind of receive versus the percentage that are actually there helping uh, to be a part of what they're trying to do. I don't know. It's a good question. So you, you don't know the answer to that? <coughs> I don't know what the percentages are, but I would think it would be a high. I think that you would have to have a lot of people there to run the programs, and that. And I think that the problem is that you need the people in the church to run the programs, and it makes it difficult to go outside the church to do anything outside because all your resources are taken up on the inside, just because you have to to have all those resources to keep people coming. Yeah, I, I you know I know of you know, large mega churches that are reaching out, but you just kind of it leaves me wondering how much more or how easier it would be if you didn't kind of have this weight over your head that it's like, well, you know, we've got to do this and we have to keep it fresh and we have to keep, you know, we have to do these things to keep people coming back. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of different things that they're they're trying to do. Uh, I, I want to read something from uh, this missional church that kind of really struck me and I think kind of is, is where I think the missional church really leaves like the traditional church and some of the other ones. It said, uh, it says we must uh, clearly establish clearly the church's nature and ministry before we proceed to design organizational forms to con- 
Oh, see, this is great. It's a podcast, and, and I've run it. Con- concretize? Yeah. Uh, concretize both in a specific cultural context. And here's the, the, the important part that I've highlighted. Unless we do so, we may fall subject to the illusion that managing the organization is equivalent to being the church. This illusion already plagues many denominations and their local congregations, and that's on page 72 of uh, Missional Church. I love that quote. Because that's, I think, I think part of the problem is that we live in a culture in the United States where that's the way everything is. That you have all this organization behind you, and it's this big organization driven. Right. And pretty soon you're wondering, are, is the organization serving the church, or is the church serving the organization? Yeah, and and uh, and I agree completely with that. And I kind of see it in our own uh, conference. If I can <coughs> speak on the conference, uh, I, I was interested at, at our. We recently had a, our annual conference, and it seemed to me one of the unspoken uh, real or unspoken beliefs that we have is that our structure or our method was going to fix all the problems. If we could just come up with the right method or the right structure or the right organization, then people would start flocking to the church. Again, you know, uh, under the traditional model, the goal is to bring people in. You know, that's so, so you look at the statistics. Are you growing? Are you declining? If we're declining, that's not good. If we're growing, that's what we want to do. And we believe that to grow, you need the right method, the right structure, that's true. and you need a person that can work the method, that can do well with it. That's correct. Uh, but what would happen if that? What would happen if all the structure was taken away, and everything was like just gone, and you had to start again, and you just put down the structure that you needed to do to fulfill whatever you're feeling called whatever to do. Whatever your goal is, yeah. And I whatever think that's. I, I think uh, one of the things in the in the traditional church our goal isn't always what we say it is yeah we have our stated goals our mission statements that we say right and then we have our unwritten goals which is the ones that we really work toward and it seems that we're able to accomplish the unwritten goals or mission statements more than the ones that we write right I think the unwritten one is uh, our, our mission is to keep the doors open so people can come in. That's it. But the missional church, again, is a sending church, sending people out in the ministry, sending people uh, to the places to do the kingdom of God work. That's correct. And uh, and Jeff and I, to mention another author, uh, have been reading some N.T. Wright stuff. Simply Christian, you need to read it. Yeah, Simply yesterday. Christian. Read it yesterday. Yeah. If you only read two books this year, read that one. <laughs> twice. Yeah. <laughs> Read it twice. Uh, but th- this missional church, it kind of, uh, N.T. Wright deals a lot with, uh, just I guess Christianity in general, the missional church deals more with uh, a new vision. Uh, again, a, a vision for the sending of the church in North America. Right. And, and what we need, I believe, more now than ever, is local congregations to see themselves as... I hate, even hate to use this because it seems cliche in a way, as missionaries. Right. Well, that's exactly what it is. But it's hard. But, but we have this. You know, you know, Dave, the word missionary is not in the Bible. I figured it probably wasn't. It's not even in the Bible. But 
but we have a word that describes what they were doing in the Bible, in the scripture, you know, in the days of Paul and after Jesus and during Jesus' time too. But but being a missionary, I think, is is helping um, make the world right. Right. Uh, and I was thinking, you know, the missionaries not in the Bible, but uh, I, I would say that maybe instead of using the term missionary, because that kind of has some baggage from our culture, an agent. An agent. An agent. Maybe even uh, a, a covert agent. Yeah, yeah, a secret agent <laughs> secret of agent. the kingdom of God. And I think right. uh, Eugene Patterson has wrote, written a little bit about pastors being that, you know, kind of looking for people to come over to their side. Uh, but, you know, an agent of the kingdom of God, which I would also redefine by <coughs> using a biblical word, disciple. There you go. You know, and, and so I could say what we need more is disciple, but not a disciple as what we were saying at lunch, uh, that equals a good church member. Right. Well, I think what I'm looking for are people that are that are that want to follow Jesus and want to live in the ways of Jesus and uh, want other people to experience the wholeness that Jesus offers, which is not just forgiveness. That's part of it. It's not just that. It's also a wholeness in their life, um, abundant life, more of with joy and peace, even when, through the difficult times. So I, I think uh, I think we're bringing. You know, making things right in the lives of people when we're agents. Here's the saying. Okay, but I, I would redefine that a little bit because I think one of the things we get to that I, I kind of got, especially from missional church, is one of the things that we've done in our culture in our country has made Christianity very private. Right. You know, it's about me. It's about my sins. It's about my wholeness. It's about my connection with God, my relationship to God. And, and when I look at the New Testament, especially, well, especially Jesus, what he was about, and you, you mentioned it, was bringing God's kingdom into the earth, which God's kingdom was those places where God's will was being done. Right. Putting things, as you said, right. back to rights. Putting things right, which is kind of an N.T. Wright saying. I love that. He said put, putting things back to rights. Right. Or is it left? That's right. right. Yeah, putting it back. The, the, you know, recognizing that when we look at our earth, that <coughs> there are things that are going on uh, that it's not the way God wants it to be. Exactly. And, and that God has this project, this rescue operation, and he's looking for agents to join him up into putting things back to rights. And that's one of the things that you're doing here. Uh, can I say, I've said where you're at before, right? Yeah, you have. Pocomo, Indiana. Pocomo, Indiana. And, what, and I think that's what, what drew you to this style of ministry because you wanted to be not just a manager of an organization, but you wanted to be an agent of the kingdom of God. Right. And, and right here in Kokomo, Indiana, you're bringing a little bit of heaven to earth, trying to put thing, things uh, to rights. Right. That's, 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 that's what we're trying to do here. And we see it. We see it starting to happen, and we see people's lives being affected or infected. <laughs> uh, um, so that, that's, that's that's the whole idea. The whole idea is living is living um, is trying to live out, trying to live the. I've been talking about the Jesus way, trying to live the Jesus way. The Jesus way is bringing the kingdom into people's lives, helping them helping them know, but not and so that they can then begin to do the same thing. And so it's, so it's not just one person having a life-changing experience. It's about, it's about their whole 
It's about the transformation of communities. And they're not even just communities, but whole cities. And not just whole cities, but whole nations, or then the world. Yeah, but it starts with one person and then a few people. Right. Now, now my, my belief is uh, that when people hook into this, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever had experience where you know, you were struggling with something and then all of a sudden things just kind of clicked and you kind of go, okay, yes, yeah. And I think that's experience people will have when they kind of get out of their private, you know, private church traditional kind of mindset and actually open themselves up not only to the reality of God's kingdom but also being agents and doing the work of that. Then all of a sudden it's like something about what we're doing here seems right. And I've talked to you, and I think you said that some people that have been working with you are discovering that, but they they, they really can't put their finger on what to call it. Yeah, we have many people, many, many, many people uh, that have volunteered to work with us in various projects. And they always, uh, the majority, I don't want to say always, but the majority of the people leave uh, changed even more than some of the people that we've been working with. Yeah, and I, and I think when people go on the, the short-term mission trips, which I still wonder about, you know, just the the big picture on those. But I guess that's another podcast. Uh, but when they go on these, they kind of I think connected something at a very deep level between you know their commitment to God and also the kingdom of God, and they experience this transformation. But then they come back home, and we get back into the same patterns we've been in, in that. That, that sense, that, that reality ends up dying away a little bit. It dies away a lot. But what would happen if you thought of yourself as a missionary or an agent all the time? Right. Everywhere you want. Right. Everywhere you want. And every time you're, every time you're out, you're looking for opportunities to, um, not to bash people in the head with Jesus or the Bible or anything like that, but just to, to, to be led by the Spirit to listen or to, to talk with or to help somebody. You know, there's all kinds of things you can do. And that's not the the uh, the way you do it is not is important. <laughs> it's not exactly what you do, it's but it's how you do it. It's, it's the attitude you have and it's it's uh, letting people see Jesus in you. Right. And and it's you know every Sunday uh, <coughs> the majority of churches uh, pray the Lord's Prayer. And uh, in the Lord's Prayer it says uh, something about you know your your kingdom coming your will be done done your will be done <laughs> your will be be done on earth as it is in heaven and we would agree that in heaven God's will is done perfectly and what we're praying is that here on earth that same reality would happen and so when you you do that you kind of uh, connect with that prayer and are actually part of the answer to that prayer right. Exactly. Uh, we're getting pretty close. Are we trying to keep this whatever we around want. twenty minutes? Yeah, probably. Is that a, is that a good again. amount? We're getting right there to it, aren't we? We may have to do a part two. Yeah, we're getting right there to it. But, but I want to go through the uh, again. We're kind of using the missional church. We're not like reviewing the book, but we're kind of using it as a jump off. But I think uh, it's a well structured book, and uh, I'm going to read through the table of contents. That sounds good. Uh, the first one is missional church from being, from sending to being sent. So kind of a, you know, usually we think of ourselves as sending uh, people into to ministry, and the book 
says that actually we need to think about being sent, then the missional context, which is just understanding the North American culture, the missional challenge, which is understanding the church in North America, then the missional vocation, called and sent to represent the reign of God, or you could translate that as the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. They say they use reign because kingdom, we don't really think in those terms anymore. And then the missional witness is the church as apostle to the world. Uh, missional community, and this is what you were talking about, cultivating communities of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. uh, communities that are just driven by the Spirit. Uh, missional leadership, and that's for those leading, uh, equipping God's people for mission. Missional structures, uh, the particular community, and then finally missional connectedness, the community of communities in mission. And I think that could almost be a uh, you know, denomination if we choose that. Well, we're over to 20 minutes, and so now it's time to stop. We don't want you to be bored or or um, lose interest, or like some folks in some places that we've been to on Sunday mornings. So, <laughs> so uh, this is Jeff Newton. And this is Dale Mullins. We'll see you or talk with you next time. Yes. Have a great afternoon or morning or, or life. evening or yes. life. Yes. software. <laughs> <clears throat>